0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. This is the practice report presented by Byers Auto. That's the 40-year vet. Tim May, you know him. Of course you know him. I'm Spencer Holbrook. Tim, let's talk about all of the players that we just met with directly in front of us here on the practice field on the practice report presented by Byers Auto inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Let's do
1: it. Now, I'm, I'm going to take a cue from you the other day uh, when you asked me to summarize what the, what the people said. I summarized what all three people said the other day. and. Uh, <laughs> I won't do that to you this time, because I know you just want to hit it sweet. My favorite line of the whole day, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing it a little bit, was Paris Johnson talking about Mayan Williams, just talking about what a, just what a shot in the arm it is when this guy's running the ball and running it hard, and he goes, and you look up and you see those little legs going. I mean, uh, the little legs are short legs going. Uh, it really, you know, kind of encapsulate what we've been watching here the last several weeks is the uh, the rise of Mayan Williams, although we knew about him he did very well last year, etc. But uh, Mayan Williams has become someone that a lot of people are talking about across college football right now. Absolutely, he is, and he's somebody that everyone
0: needs to get to know because he's been the bell cow of this bell cow of this team so far this season. He has been everything that Ohio State wanted from him and more, and everything Ohio State needs in a starting tailback. He's violent, he's physical at the point of attack, he can break tackles. Um, When the offensive line doesn't quite get everything done, Mayan can make a guy miss or run through a guy. You know, uh, Cade Stover said that today. You can really feel when Mayan Williams is running well on that offensive line because, you know, Cade is an extension of that. Yeah. He's the story of the week, Tim, and he might be the story of the season, Uh, other than maybe Tommy Eikenberg, Steel Chambers, the way they're playing, story for another five minutes here on this, but he definitely is the story of the season so far for Ohio State, being able to move those little legs, like you said, and and get them chopping as chop, and you know, uh, whatever term we want to use for him. He's been a lightning rod, I'd like to say, for this offense, because Trevin Henderson going down Mayan Williams wasn't performing at this level you could talk about a one-dimensional football team which is exactly what these guys were last year and they didn't want to happen again but the fact that Mayan Williams took this offseason so seriously and 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 got in the shape that he's in now to be able to withstand multiple weeks in a row of being the guy really shows you you know how seriously he did take the offseason and now he's really running with it so to speak
1: yeah I mean without a doubt I mean uh it's as i keep saying been saying this week it's hard to imagine this team without him at this moment with trevyan henderson and the uh, and the questions uh, a little bit about his foot you know hopefully sure. he's going to get to play this week will be cleared uh and then but you know dallin hayden freshman running as hard as he can i mean really stands out but yeah mayan williams has still in the spotlight in my opinion but
0: let's not overlook what this offensive line is doing right now, and I I'm know not, you're not. I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not either, and I, I want to make sure we don't do that at all because Mayan Williams is running really well, making guys miss, made that safety miss on the 70-yard touchdown run, but he couldn't get through that first level or the second level for that matter without Luke Whippler and the two guards and the two tackles that are playing, and even Cade Stover and G. Scott, the two tight ends that are blocking really well, Mitch Rossi thrown into that mix. Uh, the way this line and this unit are moving people, you know, asked, uh, Cade, like I said, if you can feel Ma- the way Mayan's running, but you can also feel when you're blocking well, or when you're not blocking well. You know, Luke Whippler had a couple good lines about, about run blocking and about, you know, being able to get to the second level and, and being really clean in the way that they, you know, slide off of double teams and get to those linebackers. This offensive line under Justin Fry, it's not just the, the talent level that they're playing with. You can tell that these guys, and this, I, I wanna be clear, this is not a knock on, on Greg's to draw or last year's offensive line. You can tell this unit is very well coached, particularly in the run blocking. And the way that they are performing is a product of not only the running scheme and the talent that they have, but also the way that they're coached to do those things. It's really a
1: a sight to see right now because they're running the ball at a really high level. Knock, knock. Who's there, Tim? Craig Stoodrow, I think you're knocking. I think you're you're making a knock on the way I coached the offensive line the last couple of years. How'd you like that joke? It <laughs> was a great joke. Well, I mean, Ryan Day, Ryan Day switched out offensive line coaches for a reason. You're seeing the payoff. I like Greg Stu a lot. I also like Justin Fry a lot, and I really like the way things are going with this offensive line. Especially as I've said countless times uh, on any platform I'm on, it looks like an offensive line just personnel-wise. And then on top of that, the way they're playing. Like I was talking with with uh, Uh, Paris Johnson Jr. about just the athleticism you see on this offensive line, how they're taking advantage of with with these pulling actions. I mean, they've they've always pulled guys, they've always quick trapped, they've done those kind of things. But the way Donovan uh, Jackson, for example, can get can get out on the edge, and for that matter, the way uh, Paris Johnson Jr. can get out on the edge, uh, the opposite edge, etc. Like I told Paris Johnson Jr., was watching uh, Donovan Jackson. Sometimes it looks more like a lead fullback than it does a pulling guard. yeah. And uh, you can just go places with that. With that said, you know, uh, you heard me ask uh, Ryan Day this uh, week on whether this offense seems to have an answer for anything thrown against it, it can pick that lock. And, uh, of course, he immediately went into the fact that they're nowhere near where they need to be from an execution standpoint and everything else. But there is a sense that whatever you need from this offense uh, it is in that playbook or that play tablet that uh, Ryan Day and his staff have and you've seen it week in and week out the first five weeks of this season. I mean last week they they barely break 400 total yards, more than 250 of that was rushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, this is a team with C.J. Stroud on it and this fleet of receivers but they just lined up and pretty much ran the ball down Rutgers throat and There aren't a lot of offenses that can do one or the other, or they can do one one play and do the other the next play. Uh, That's what stands out about this offense as it gets ready to play Michigan State this week.
0: Man, Tim, you read my mind. I think we're starting to really be on the same wavelength here because I was getting ready to get to that. Well, your mind, you
1: know, there's this big hole I'm looking through there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, in one ear, out the other, of course. That's what my dad would say. Did you like that
1: knock-knock joke, though? Oh, of course. All right, go ahead. We're having fun here
0: on the practice report presented by Byers Auto as we move forward. Uh, The running game is obviously running, is doing really well. Michigan State's pretty good against the run, actually. I'll give them credit for that. The defense doesn't deserve a ton of credit because it's not very good overall as a unit. But against the run, this Michigan State unit is pretty talented. Um, So you have to wonder, is Michigan State going to be content with being good against the run and loading up the box to stop Mayan Williams? Or is that 129th ranked passing defense going to have to put extra bodies back there and try to not let CJ Stroud beat them with his arm? Because he will, he will do that because we saw him do it last year. He's not gonna be afraid to do it again. It's a great conundrum, Tim, for Michigan State because if you try to stop the run with Mayan Williams, your pass defense is not good enough to man up against Ohio State. If you try to shore up your pass defense, you're sacrificing the run defense that you know is already good. And so. I'm not really sure where the Spartans try to attack this Ohio State offense, which is why, you know, we'll talk Friday game predictions, which is why I don't think this game is going to be particularly close, because I don't think Michigan State can handle everything that Paris Johnson can can do in the pass blocking to negate what Jacoby Windman can do off the edge. Mm -hmm. I don't think- It'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I don't think this Michigan State running defense will be able to, you know, do everything it wants to and can do against the run when you've got the pass so good. So it, it's a, you know, it's, it's a, like I said, a great conundrum for Michigan State because Ohio State can
1: beat you in so many different ways. Knock, knock. Who's there, Tim? Take what? Take what wo- Take whatever they give you. That's what this Ohio State offense can do. Uh, you're exactly right about the pass defense. I mean, I still remember last year's game, like it happened five minutes ago. So does Mel Tucker, uh, the Michigan State defensive, uh, excuse me, head coach. Uh, Bottom line is uh, this: this team, this Ohio State team, is fully equipped to take whatever they give them on Saturday. And Ryan Day, you want to keep this running game going if you can, but you don't want to be stupid about things. And I think Ryan Day has really, really matured into a in a in a play-calling sense of mixing and matching, getting after people, creating conundrums for the defense, meaning. They think they're gonna line up and stop the run, but boy, oh boy, if you block the, the five guys they send instead of four, somebody's yep. wide open in that secondary on Saturday. And that's what uh, Mel Tucker's gotta wrestle with. So like we talked about the other day, you're going to see defenses more and more playing it as safe as possible, while at the same time trying to put pressure on CJ Stroud. It's hard to do both of those. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you'll see another maybe clinic in that regard on Saturday.
0: Now let's flip over to the other side of the ball, Tim. The first thing I learned is that Kate Stover had to teach Steel Chambers and Tommy Eikenberg not about defense, but had to teach him how to play Euchre. Yes. Uh, Tommy Eikenberg, for some reason, picks up Trump when he only has one Trump card in his hand. That's a story for another time, but we're gonna have to get to the bottom of that because, Tommy, that's not the move, man. Uh, but the other thing that we learned is that these two linebackers are playing ridiculously well. Tommy Eikenberg actually can talk. He doesn't just grunt. Like Jim Knowles made it sound like he does, um, and he's the leadership of this linebacker unit. I think has taken a step forward this year, and it all starts with Tommy Eichenberg. Uh You're going to have a story about him on LettermanRow.com this week, but the way that he can lead without saying a lot says a lot about who Tommy Eckenberg is.
1: Yeah, but you get all kinds of uh, you get all kinds of mixed uh, stories about whether he does talk a lot or not, because obviously with us he doesn't say a whole lot. No, uh, I like him. Because, I mean, uh, just because I just think he is a character in his own way. Uh, just like his, his roommate, Steele Chambers, is a character. Just like Cade Stover, their roommate, is a, I mean, a, a buddy is a character. They're all, they're all interesting fellas in their own right. But uh, what I'm more interested in is, uh, and I'm going to re- be writing about this, is uh, along with the fact that the grunts, you know, is, uh, as Jim knows, talk about him responding to some of his questions, uh, points, etc. Is just you talk about a match made in heaven as Jim Knowles and Tommy Eichenberg, Tommy Eichenberg and Jim Knowles defense because, wow, he just triggers. I mean, he knows exactly what he's seeing nine times out of ten and triggers and goes to the right place at the right time. Uh, with, as the old saying goes, with his hair on fire, although he keeps a close cropped hair. Yeah. But my point is, he does. Uh, he's just a match made in heaven, uh, Tommy Eichenberg and this Jim Knowles defense and. You don't have to really say much. I mean, his actions speak for themselves the first five games, really going back to the second half of the uh, Rose Bowl especially. But Tommy Eikenberg's been a totally different player than he was exactly this time a year ago. I mean, he is so much fun to watch on the de- defensive side of the ball. Yeah, he just flies around, and I think that's one of the
0: things that you notice the <clears> most. But he's, he's
1: not, yeah, but he's but not, he's, as that old saying goes, you know, he's not loitering uh, flying. He's, go, he's on a mission. Uh, Every play, he figures out what his mission is immediately and goes to it. Yeah, he flies
0: around in a sense of it's not reckless, but he's also playing with reckless abandon, as the cliche goes. Um, He's not reckless in the way he tries to shoot gaps. He's very strategic in when to go, how to go, and why to go. And I think that's what makes him so good is he's playing fast, he's playing free, but at the same time, every time he starts to hit a gap or goes to make a play, he's got a plan. And it's a really rare combination Tim. when you can get a guy who plays as loose and as free and as flowing as tommy eikenberg does but when he goes man i mean he's there yeah and he's making the play agreed and i'd like to know you know maybe i'll look this up and, and and get it to you for the story his missed tackle rate has to be one of the lowest in the country yeah uh, the guy last year we saw would shoot gaps in that old defense and and really you know one knock on Tommy that I had through the offseason was that he did miss some tackles you know he would you know a, def- a running back would get would shake loose on him or, you know he would not be able to pick up a, a sack like he probably could have no this year that, he i would like to know if he's missed any tackles because if he has i haven't seen a co- Look I'm
1: almost, I'm almost uh i'm almost willing to put last year's memories of this defense especially the video out of my mind because there were so many times last year in my opinion, watching the games, uh, where this defense was unsound, and by that I mean they weren't gap sound, meaning guys were told, instructed, tutored to line up wrong. I'm mean, not not line up wrong, but they, but the fronts didn't match the linebackers, didn't match the, uh, didn't match the secondary, and it was, it was kind of frustrating to watch. I know it was frustrating to watch for for Ryan Day, especially those first two games before he made a few changes. But uh, then as the year went on, uh, you know, you look like you're not very physical when you're sort of out of position. I mean, that old, that old idea that uh, the Big Ten had slow players, that Ohio State had slow players that came from that 2006 National Championship game against Florida, well, Ohio State defensively was pretty much just playing soft, zone, not really matching up with anybody, just waiting for the the, the offense to come to them. But well, when one guy's running and you're not, you always look, that guy always looks faster than you. Yes. This defense is playing aggressive, It's playing fast. Uh, Mel Tucker talked about that in his press conference this week. That's what really jumps out at you about this, is they're rarely out of position. Uh, everybody seems to have a mission and knows his mission and knows the guy next to him. him knows his mission on each particular play. Occasionally, you're gonna get gashed, that happens in all levels of, of football. But uh, uh, what stands out about this troop is they seem to have an idea of where they're going on every play. And that is so opposite of the way it looked a lot of times last year.
0: It's crazy what a real uh, experienced defensive coordinator will do for a program, Tim, especially one as good as Jim Knowles. Uh, a lot of credit going to him, but a lot of credit going to one of these players, too. I think that's one of the things. Well, they that-
1: were we got women. Let me interrupt you. Pardon me, whoever you are that gets mad at me interrupting. Uh, there were experienced defensive coaches on that staff last year. Not coordinators. No, but the point is, it was not well coordinated. Number one and number two. I don't think the scheme was very, was very, let's call it deep or whatever. It, you know, teams just took advantage of it. This, this, the, the beauty of this Jim Knowles defense is that you, he can show you the same look from one play to the next if the uh, if the offense lines up the same way. But he can change one guy, he can change one safety's responsibility or one linebacker's responsibility or Jack Sawyer floating around and it totally changes the way you have to adjust to it on on the fly offensively. That's the beauty of this system. The beauty of it for me, Tim, is
0: the fact that the players are getting a lot of credit but also everyone knows that Jim Knowles deserves some credit and so that's why you hear, you know. the the color commentator a lot of times on TV say, this Jim Knowles defense, Tommy Eichenberg in this defense, in steel chambers, in the Jim Knowles system, uh, it it gives credit to both the coordinator who is designing it and the player. And I think that both deserve so much credit that it's nice to hear that when you do hear it. Because you know a guy like Jack Sawyer deserves credit for the way he can move around, but also Jim Knowles deserves credit for the way he can scheme Jack Sawyer free to get to the quarterback.
1: Yeah, Um, knock, knock. Third one, third time's the charm. Who's there, Tim? I might have five more. Uh, Tim Perry. Tim Perry who? Tim Tim Walton and Perry Eliano. Uh, they're doing a hell of a job when you consider what they've dealt with the first five games of having guys available, not available. I'm talking about in the safety realm and also in the cornerback realm. You think about the way this defense has played with the with the problems they've had at cornerback. Number one, Denzel Burke You know, having such a uh, an abbreviated uh, preseason, you know, we weren't aware of all of his problems, but yeah. clearly he's playing himself back into like playing shape, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, awareness, whatever. Uh, but then, you know, you consider uh, two games ago, they started two two uh, first-time starters at the cornerback positions against Wisconsin. Last week, Ja'Kalen Johnson, J.K. Johnson got another start opposite Denzel Burke. We don't know if Cam uh, Brown is going to be available this week or not, uh, but just the, what they've done, both in the cornerback room and the safeties room, is remarkable considering the guys they've had to plug and play. Yeah. And uh, they they deserve as much credit as anybody else. Obviously, Larry Johnson's the goat, so uh, of defensive line coaches. So he he doesn't need a lot of praise.
0: Knock knock Tim, who's there? End of. The end of the practice report presented by Byers Auto, folks. That's all we've got uh, from the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. We'll be in East Lansing on Saturday at 4 o'clock for Ohio State, Michigan State. That's the 40-year vet, Tim May. Of course, I'm simply Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Hit the little bell down there. You can get a notification every time we go with one of these videos. And make sure you check out LettermanRow.com and the message board. It's $1 for an entire year. That's a heck of a deal, Tim. Yes. But, again, for Tim, I'm Spencer. Thanks for watching. We'll see you guys in East Lansing on Saturday.